You are Locked On A's. Your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It's time for Locked On A's. Stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. Today I am joined by Stacy Gotsoulias of Locked On Yankees. She is fantastic. This is our first crossover episode, and I am very intrigued to see what she has to say about the current state of the New York Yankees. Stacy, how are you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing well, surprisingly. I mean, the last two games have been pretty good, so, you know, it's nice to actually be positive for a change. Yankees are red hot right now. They got one more game uh, after we talk. We're, we're currently recording at 1230 uh, Pacific time, 330 for you. So the game is, you know, still a few hours away on Thursday. So they will have a uh, three game win streak or a one game losing streak heading into their series with the A's. Um, my main here's where I'm going to start. The A's do not have to, to face Garrett Cole this weekend, which is nice. But we've also been facing like the Royals and the Angels and, you know, not like the best pitching recently. So it would have been nice to have like that litmus test. So (laughs) my first thing is, can you rank the rotation after Garrett Cole with the five guys that are in there currently? Like you got Garrett Cole at the top. How would you rank the other four guys? Who Garrett Cole, then (laughs) see, this is tough because (laughs) I want to launch Jamison Tyone into the moon because he's just, he has the stuff and he cannot put it together. And he's definitely not the number two. Herman, I would say, oh God. Yeah, see, this is really tough. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, those jokey tweets that people make where they make a list and they have someone at the very top and then there's about a thousand spaces in between and then the rest of the rotation. Yes. That's basically what it is. Garrett okay. Cole. And then the rest of them all bunched together last a thousand spots away from Garrett Cole at the moment. That's how I rank. Well, I was looking over like the team stats and you say that I'm like, I really should have gone uh, person by person for, you know, how are they actually doing? Because the the starting pitching by, by team has a 388 ERA, which is not bad. You know, that's a little bit better than league average, but with you got, you got Garrett Cole with like a two, two right now or something like that. So um, yeah, he brings it down just a bit. It's not a bunch of guys that are like that. It's Garrett Cole down here and then everybody else at like four and a half, I'm guessing. So, um, yeah, I, I see what you're saying now. Um, yeah. and that, that starter for Friday, we got James Caprilli and former Yankee prospect. I'm actually very excited to see what he does against the Yankees because he seems like a big game guy. Um, he pitched very well in Fenway, his first start. And he has owned right-handed batters over the course of his entire career with the A's so far. And I want to see if that continues against a very righty-heavy New York Yankee lineup. So that's going to be very intriguing. But Jamison Tyone will be facing off against him. And one thing that I noticed in looking at Tyone was that his spin rate was very far down in his last start. He only lasted a third of an inning, gave up four earned runs. So my main thing is that 
his fastball or his fastball spin rate has been down a little bit in that last start. Uh, obviously, short start didn't have a lot to work with right there. It was down 56 RPM. His slider was down 37. His curveball, he threw two of them, so not a huge sample size again, but it was down 101. His changeup, he threw one. It was down 119 over a season average. Uh, I guess my question is, is he one of those guys? You know, Garrett Cole is the poster child for, you know, that well, because of Josh Donaldson, the poster child of the entire spin rate debate, the sticky stuff debate. Uh, is Tyone one of those guys too? Or is it just, you know, very small sample size? We can't really pull a lot from that. Um, the thing about Tyone is uh, he's so frustrating to watch because he'll have a game where he does really well for the first four innings and you're thinking, oh, maybe he's turning a corner and then he'll give up three runs. Or he'll have a game like the other day, <laughs> he gives up four runs in like a third of an inning. And you're thinking, what is going on with this guy? Like, how can someone be this inconsistent? And, you know, I kind of like that the Yankees were taking a chance on him coming back from his second Tommy John. And, you know, you're kind of hoping that maybe they caught lightning in a bottle because he has the stuff to do well. Um, and just, he just can't put it together. Then you have the whole everything that's happening with the foreign substance stuff. And I feel like you're going to see a lot of pitchers. I, I, I'm actually really worried about this because I'm worried that some of the guys are going to end up like Tyler Glass now and get hurt because they're not using the stuff. Um, I agree with, I had said this, I was on Locked On um, today with Peter Bukowski a few days ago. And I said, if there was a way that they could regulate it where there's something universal that they can use because MLB keeps screwing with the balls and these guys can't grip them properly. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, well, you know, pitchers 40 years ago could grip balls. I'm just like, yeah, like you don't think they were using stuff? Come on. Um, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't like spider tack. And first of all, I don't know how anyone uses that stuff. I saw someone demonstrating the tackiness of it. Yeah. I would be terrified if that got in my hair because you would probably rip, you know, patches of hair out of your head. I mean, that stuff looks really. That's I don't why understand. they wear hats is so you can't tell for all the, from the cut marks from yeah, them cutting out like, their hair. Yeah, but like if you look at Garrett Cole's hair, he has a pretty good head of hair. So it's not like, you know what I mean? Um, but back to Tyone, I mean, if, 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 I mean, if the sticky stuff was actually helping him, I'm kind of terrified of what's going to happen now that, this, that these rules are going to be in effect for the next few months. I mean, who knows what's going to happen, really? I wish that they would have just done it in the off season because yeah. this is ridiculous to adjust. It's like two different seasons right now. And, it's going to impact some teams. The Yankees, you know, obviously Garrett Cole, their best pitcher, he seems to be doing okay the last couple of starts, even with, you know, not using the sticky stuff or anything like that. So it might not have a huge, as big of an impact as some people are expecting, but they may be slightly worse. I mean, didn't he go like eight innings yesterday against the Blue Jays? So he was still fairly good. A couple of right. solo bombs, I believe. It was two solo home runs, one in the first, one in the fifth. His one hundred and first or 102nd pitch was 101 miles an hour like even David Cohn said wow he hit 101 this late in the game <laughs> and you could tell that his control wasn't quite the way it normally is for a Garrett Cole start he didn't have as many strikeouts only four compared to you know the beginning of the season he kept having double digit strikeout outings he had like a streak going there um but I just thought it was funny that a lot of people going into last night's 
uh, start, we're thinking, oh, he's going to fall off. You know, we'll see how he does. Like, especially when he gave up the home run to Simeon to really to start the game. Yeah. People are like, oh, this is what Garrett Cole's going to be like now. And then he, you know, pitches eight innings of two run ball. I'll take that every day and twice on Sunday. If, <laughs> you know what I mean? If, if yeah. he pitches like he did last night and that's without anything, I'll, I'll sign up for that any day of the week. Is there concern about, you know, this impacting the Yankees season? Because they they brought in some guys, you know, like Corey Kluber, he's hurt right now. Uh, Tyone, he's, we'll see. Um, they, they, <laughs> there were some big question marks with the Yankees rotation coming into the season. Um, is there a little bit of just worry about the sticky stuff just in general with the Yankees, even their bullpen? And how do you think that the Yankees are performing compared to where you thought they would be when the season started? Oh, well, they're definitely not performing anywhere near where I thought they were going to. Um, but I'm still in that mindset where it's still early because I've sat through so many seasons where they've started off really, really slow. Um, they were at 500 at the all-star break in 2007. And then they went on a crazy run and finished 94 and 68. Um, you know, and that season, I compared this season to that season before it even began because there were question marks with the pitching rotation then that came up in the beginning of that season because they were so bad, you know, they had to bring Roger Clemens back in the middle of the season, um, you know, cause they had the young kids, they had, um, you know, Jabba had come up. It was just like a whole mess of things that happened. And I had already compared this season to that season before it even began. And now it's almost playing out that way, which is really kind of scary, but I'm kind of hopeful that maybe my prediction is right. and They'll kick it into gear. I'm also hoping that maybe the sticky stuff going away will help our hitters because some of the guys who are really like fooling them with breaking stuff and all this stuff, like maybe those pitches won't be, they won't have as much bite on them as they had the first three months of the season. So I, I don't know right now. They're not quite playing the way I'd hoped they would. And I don't know. I, I still feel like they can turn it around. Um, I'm a little worried about the pitching, obviously, uh, especially because Severino had another setback because of course he had another setback. So now he's not coming back until at least July or August. And it did seem like he was coming back too soon and it seemed too good to be true. And then he pulls his groin over the weekend. So, you know, I was hoping that he would come back in July. It would be like they're, trading for a starter they'd have him in the rotation it would help things out and that's not what's happening happening Davey Garcia is down in AAA he's getting bombed every time he's out so that's not going to help um because <laughs> some people were thinking oh they could bring Davey Garcia up they can slot him into the rotation that's not working out so well Clark Schmidt started the season hurt he's starting to throw again they're not expecting much from him but you know I he's I an option yep exactly yeah. He's breathing at this point. So um, <laughs> I just, oh God, the Corey Kluber no hitter was such a high for us. And then he gets injured right away. You know, just, oh, this season is so weird. And it he feels really like started gonna... to turn it around too. It looked like he like, might actually be way better than I thought he was going to be. And then all of us, and then I was like, oh, that, that hurts. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But this season has, the chance to be very, very strange for a lot of teams. And it's just going to get weirder with the sticky stuff going away. I don't know how many times I've said sticky stuff, but I say it all the time on my show and I'm trying to come up with a better, you know, I need to pull out a thesaurus and maybe say tacky stuff or, and I'm saying balls way too much on my show too. And, you know, it's just. <laughs> okay. 
Okay, so I had other questions, but let's just come up with a new name for sticky stuff because I've been wanting to do the same thing. I mean, you know, oh, it's a sticky situation. It's like, okay, you said that how many times? Um. (laughs) Especially if you listen to like other podcasts, you're like, everybody's saying the same damn thing. And I'm like, oh, I thought that I was being clever. And then all of a sudden, dang it. Um, oh, well, so now you got to come up with other things. And uh, I will, we, we should uh, run this on social media and be like, hey, what else should we call this? So if you have any suggestions on what we should call the sticky situation in baseball, I want you guys to hit us up on Twitter. Uh, we're at Locked On A's. She's at Stace Gots. You can tweet at either of us and uh, tell us what you want the sticky situation to be called from now on. But uh, before we get going with a little bit more of this talk, uh, today's episode is brought to you in part by Fully Loaded Chew. Fully Loaded Chew is tobacco-free, long-cut, and pouches that give you the same pack, dip, spit, and buzz you're used to without tobacco. Available in nine flavors, Fully Loaded Chew is made with all food-grade ingredients and tobacco-free nicotine, the purest form of nicotine available. It's the only moist nicotine pouch on the market. All other nicotine pouches are dry white pouches. Nothing dips, spits, and packs like Fully Loaded. In Fully Loaded, Chew is offering Locked On A's listeners a special offer. Right now, you can enjoy a can for $1. That is right, just $1. Go to FullyLoadedChew.com and use promo code LOCKEDON. Just $1 and free shipping if you use the promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. The next time you go for a dip, make it a Fully Loaded Chew at FullyLoadedChew.com. And now back to my talk with Stacy Gotsoulias of Locked On Yankees. But I agree with what you said earlier um, that they should have done this before the season. You know, MLB is always just a little too late coming up with solutions. Never quite right. Yeah, the timing is always off in some way. And it's like this with everything. I mean, as soon as that ball stuck to Yachty or Molina's catching gear four years ago, something probably should have happened and no one cared. And I remember someone saying, oh, well, they tested it and there's nothing wrong with it. I'm like, a that defies physics. There's no reason for that ball to be sticking to him like that. It's ridiculous. I, I caught a foul ball. Kata's using the term loosely. It fell to me after a lot of uh, craziness behind me. And so I got it. First thing I did, I was like, yeah, that was cool. And then I started checking to see if it was sticky. That was the, That is where baseball is now. I'm like, hey, that's really cool. This is a life-changing moment. I have a foul ball. I'm now one of those people. And now is it sticky? I had to find out. So <laughs> it wasn't that bad. I think that it was more pine tar from the bat because uh, it was only in one spot and it wasn't that bad. Um, I guess my main question for you is uh, the Yankees are, I mean, as we're recording three games above 500, the run differential is negative five, but as an A's fan, I know what it's like to have a run differential that doesn't look as sterling, but still be, you know, think a little bit better of the team um, because they started so poorly and now they finally are getting more into the green on uh on the run differential front but what is the the plan moving forward do they need to make a move is it just kind of uh everybody has to get do better uh stop hitting in the double plays is there a trade they can make because it doesn't look like there's a lot of financial flexibility what is the path moving forward for the yankees to be competitive and maybe win the east if not make the wild card Yeah, the double play thing is amazing to me. I mean, it's a like, I'm going to sound like Aaron Boone, where he always tries to make uh, like something bad happens, but he tries to look at the good. I mean, at least they're getting guys on base, but the I just the double play thing is astounding. I joked on Twitter the other night, you know, do a shot every time the Yankees 
ground into a double play or hit into a double play. And people were responding saying, I don't want to die. Why would you make this a game? <laughs> because it's just, they're setting records in that. It's just, it's unbelievable. I, I'm, I am flabbergasted. I'm astounded. I cannot believe that this offense has fallen off the way it has. And it just seems like one guy will get going. The rest of the offense sucks. Then a couple of guys will get going. And the guy who was going sucks and it, they just can't put it all together. You know, they'll have like the uh, top of the order will do really well and the bottom of the order, obviously, because a lot of times the bottom of the order doesn't do well. But then you have the other games where the bottom of the order is doing really well and they get on base, then the top of the order comes up and they don't do anything and they can't score. Um, Gary Sanchez is heating up. Um, he's been heating up since mid-May. Uh, he won that game solely last night. Not only the home run, but the way he bailed Chapman's ass out <laughs> in the ninth inning two times. Um, I just, some of these guys are baffling me. Glaber Torres is baffling me. Um, DJ, well, okay. DJ LeMahieu, no one expected DJ LeMahieu to do what he did the last two seasons. When they signed him, they're like, why are they signing DJ LeMahieu? Like, he's not going to do anything. Then he comes to the Yankees out of Coors Field and doubles his home run output and, you know, is one of the best players in baseball for two seasons. Like what? The? And now he's regressing to where he was, but people think he's horrible now because he's back to the way he was when he was with the Rockies. So it's not even like he's bad. It's just, we got so used to seeing DJ LeMayhew always get a big hit when someone was on either second or third, he was constantly knocking guys in and he's not doing that as much now he's picking it up a little bit, but it's just like some of these guys just can't get um, a role going like they just can't get it together and like I said I still think it's too early I think they have a chance you know the weather's getting warmer balls will be flying oh god there I go with balls again um, <laughs> but they'll be flying out of the stadium and you know summer baseball is different than spring baseball everyone sees it it, it just happens for every team um, the only problem with and you had mentioned it with the Yankees where they are right now this is one of those years where if one of the four top teams in the AL East, because they're, you know, as far apart as the Yankees are from first place, they're still kind of bunched together. Mm. There's a chance that the Rays could win the division. The Red Sox could win the division. The Jays could go on a roll and win it. And the Yankees could go on a roll and win it. This is not typical of other years. Usually the Yankees are battling one team for first place. And maybe there's another team behind them trying to get the wild card. This is totally different. The Yankees have to watch out for four teams. They don't have to worry about the Orioles, but everyone else you know, the scoreboard watching isn't just one team this year. It's the whole top of the divisions, three other teams. So it's going to be a tough road if they want to win the division. I still feel like they can if things start to go well. But, you know, some of these pitchers have to pick it up. The pitching was picking up the offense when the offense wasn't doing well. And I feel like the offense needs to do more picking up the pitching when they're not doing well. Because I had envisioned that in the beginning of the season too. Like I joked with AJ from Locked On Jays. I said, both our teams have the chance to be those teams that win nine, seven, nine, eight games because the offenses are so loaded. And that hasn't happened yet with the Yankees. And I'm still waiting for that to happen. So which team of those four that you, I guess, three other teams is the one that scares you the most? Obviously you, you have a history with the Rays and they're atop the division right now. They're very good, but could the Blue Jays sneak in right there with if they make a move, if they go get like Max Scherzer, are they now the scariest team? Um, obviously, they they have to do something to become there from my standpoint. And then the Red Sox, you know, 
blood rival. So uh, which team are you most wary of this season? Both currently constructed and also if, if somebody makes a move. I would say the Rays and the Jays. I think the Red Sox are playing way above where they're supposed to be playing. And I think they might fall down to earth at some point. Like there's something going on there that's not kosher with me all of a sudden Alex Cora comes back and oh these guys can't stop hitting or these guys who've never hit before are suddenly hitting yeah that's not that's not weird at all that's um, suspicious it's totally suspicious and it, that's not even the Yankee fan in me talking that's the watching Alex Cora be so unapologetic about <laughs> things and not caring and no something's fishy there and I don't think they can keep it up all season I'm kind of hoping they don't I'm worried about the Rays and the Jays. Those are the two teams that I worry about. The Rays, I don't know, losing glass now is big, mm-hmm. but they always seem to find someone else to plug into somewhere and still stay afloat, which is so annoying to watch. I used to like it better when the Yankees could beat the Rays consistently and we didn't have to worry about, go, like, you know, we didn't have to worry about going to Tropicana Field. Now it's if the Yankees win two out of three in Tropicana Field, it's a miracle. And I don't like that feeling at all. <laughs> it's not fun. <laughs> I don't enjoy it. You guys it. just made a trade with the Rays this morning. I mean, minor deal, but you know, Mike Ford going to the Rays, that's Oh, I can't wait for Mike I can't wait for Mike Ford to hit a walk-off home run against the Yankees in like September and knock them out of the playoffs because you know that's what's gonna happen. <laughs> what I don't I, like Obviously, the Yankees are the Yankees, and nobody can beat the Yankees because we're the Yankees. But um, the Rays do this thing where they can take anybody and then make them like, okay, I don't know why you would make a trade in this season when you're already down to this team when that's their track record. That boggles the mind to me. Maybe Brian Cashman has something up his sleeve or that player to be named in cash considerations is going to be coming like very useful. But uh, right. I don't understand why you would make a trade with the Rays right now midseason. Yeah, I feel like maybe something else is coming up. Um, he said that they're buying. They're not going to sell. He still believes in the team. And I believe him because he's, you know, he wouldn't lie about that. He would come out and say, no, we're crappy and we're going <laughs> to we're going to start selling. <laughs> well, they did it in 16, didn't they? Yeah. And that's uh, kind of what helped. Me. They got uh, Glaber out of that and it, it worked out for him. Right. Um, I don't know. I like you said, there's not a lot of options out there for teams looking for people to help. Um, I just, I don't know. Um, that kind of worries me. I used, I miss those days where the Yankees would trade for people and you'd be like, they got who, you know, uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm talking years ago, like, you know, when they got like Cecil Fielder and Jose Canseco and Glenn Allen Hill and, um, you know, even in into the 2000s and the mid 2000s, they would have these trades and you're like, you know, Rich, I remember when they got Richie Sexton, it's like, what, why would you get him? Um, <laughs> and we used to always call Brian Cashman Ninja Cashman because we'd never know when anything was going to happen. And then when it did, it would always seem like a big deal. I would like to go back to those days. I, I, I remember see- my, my, my trade like that because uh, the A's were, you know, okay. And then they traded for Kevin Apier, who, according to ESPN, was the best pitcher on the planet. And I was like, this guy is amazing. I am so happy. The A's got this guy and he, he sucked. <laughs> but I was very excited. Jose Guillen had never heard of him. I was at the old spaghetti factory for people that live, you know, in my area. And uh, I was like, hey, who's this guy? He has a bunch of home runs. He's probably really good. That one also didn't pan out. Um, but yeah, those are the two that I remember from like the trade deadline. I'm like, Oh, 
okay, that's fun. Now you're like, hey, you're more plugged in and you, you know what's going on a little bit more. But uh, yeah, that, that was, those were my two from childhood that were very entertaining. Shout out to Kevin Apier, Jose Guillen, and also the old Spaghetti Factory here on the Locked On A's podcast. I've still got plenty of conversation left with Stacey Gotsoulias, but first I want to let you guys know about Wealthfront. Stonks, memes, rocket chips, day trading is always a lot of fun, but if you want to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon, you should open up a Wealthfront investment account today. And decades of data show that investors that trade individual stocks underperform the market every year. In fact, only 1% of day traders beat the market. The odds are not in your favor if you're doing it alone, so team up with Wealthfront instead because investing can be complicated, but whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy and they have the right tools for every portfolio. There's no manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on performances that you control and Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash MLB. All you need is $500 to get started so you can grow your wealth the easy way and let Wealthfront do the work for you. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnMLB. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash LockedOnMLB to start growing your savings. Go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnMLB and get started today. Today's episode is brought to you by the best tasting protein bar ever created, and that is Built Bar, my friends. Built Bars are delicious, and I've told you about their nine delicious flavors. They've got their core flavors, the coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel, and... I know I'm looking at these because I only have one built bar left and I need to place an order or else I might starve. So I need to place my order and I'm looking at this and I'm like, what do I do right now? I don't know. And then I keep reading the ad copy and it's like, hey, you know what you could do is order a mixed box and you can get two of each of those flavors or maybe even one of the seasonal flavors. So that's what I'm probably going to end up doing. And if you want to do like I do, all you got to do is go over to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you will get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. And now Stacy has a story about Glen Allen Hill that you're not going to want to miss. Well, Glen Allen Hill, I love telling the story. The night that the Yankees beat the Mets in 2000, my friend was working for the Yankees and he told me and my friends where they were going to be hanging out after they won. So we drove down to the city, went to the club. The bouncer's like, yeah, girls, come on in. We're like, okay. Cause there was a line outside and he's like, yeah, no, 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 come in. And we're like, okay, we go in nothing but women in there. And I'm like, oh, okay. The Yankees are definitely showing up. <laughs> Derek Jeter walks in crowd parts like the Red Sea. It was like a movie scene where the music stops and the hero walks in and everyone just stops and looks. He walks in, goes to wherever he's going with his friends. Glenn Allen Hill is there. Jose Canseco, David Justice, Jose Vizcaino. I'm missing someone. Glenn Allen Hill danced by himself on the dance floor. He's wearing a royal blue short sleeve silk shirt, wide open, thick ass gold chain, black pants, black dress shoes. He's just dancing. You know, my friend has a couple pictures of him dancing. He bumps into me, sends me flying. And he wasn't even that tall because I'm five nine and I was wearing a little bit of a heel and we were, you know, eye to eye. So it's not like he's a giant guy, but he was built like a brick S house. I mean, just like a Lego man, just big. So he, I went flying and you know, I'm a big girl. 
And he grabbed me. He's like, he goes, oh, honey, I'm so sorry. I said, hey, you just won the World Series. Throw me all around this dance floor if you want to. <laughs> Have a ball. So that's my Glen Allen Hill story. I love that story so much. That's awesome. <laughs> Um, do you have any questions about the A's? That's basically all that I got for you. You know, uh, oh, uh, also Aaron Boone, is he going to last the, the entire season? I guess that's my last question on the I, Yankees. I think he will. I think he will. Um, you know, Cashman came out, was that yesterday? God, everything, I, I swear to God, the pandemic has made my brain so where I don't know what time is, but I think it was yesterday when he came out and talked to the media and he said, he said some really odd things, or maybe it was two days ago. He said something like, we made our decision in it, you know, we made our bed and lie, you know, we have to lie in it. I'm like, well, that's not really a vote of confidence, but he said <laughs> that he's, he's probably going to last the season there. I don't think they're looking to fire him. Um, if they do, it'll be after the season. And <laughs> so I don't think they're going to do it in the middle of the season. You know, there are a lot of people going around saying, oh, you know, the Yankees are interested in hiring Buck Showalter back. No, Why? no, <laughs> Why? no. Um, all right. Well, your team is doing a lot better than mine. They're 43 and 27 at the moment. I believe so, are? yes. Okay. Now, I'm going to admit I'm not paying attention to the other divisions that much. I don't start to pay attention to them until we're getting closer to the playoffs and it looks like the playoff matchups are, mm-hmm. you know, setting up. Um, what do you like about your team so far this season? And what are some of the trouble areas? Although it doesn't seem like there's much trouble because they're doing pretty well. They're doing pretty well. Um, obviously, with basically the reason that people are kind of down on the A's is when they lose games, it's usually by a bunch. Mm. But when they win games, they'll win some of those closer ones. So they'll win like four or five in a row, but by like three or four runs, but then they'll lose one by like nine. And so it looks everything makes everything look a lot worse. But they still won four out of five or whatever it was. So you're like, all right, well, that's an 800 winning percentage. I don't know what you're talking about. But um, the thing that I really like about the A's is just they're they're not excelling everywhere, but they're really good everywhere. Like they have the the good and the bad bullpen, which, you know, you see sometimes. So uh, if you're looking for an upgrade, maybe some like a more stable arm, maybe a late inning arm, if you can find one. Um, I, I think that Richard Rodriguez would be very good from the Pirates because he just eats up righties, which is something that I would like to see from the bullpen is uh, if you're going to face the Yankees in the playoffs or the Astros down the stretch, you want somebody who can eat up righties and he can do that. And he's also, you know, definitely available. So uh, right now you got to limit, you have like five teams that you're like, Oh, they're definitely selling. I can go get one of those guys. But for the rotation, like Sean has been fantastic this season. Uh, he's been pitching inside a little bit more to righty, which is something that he hadn't, he'd been a little bit more scared to do. So he's pitching with more authority. And I like, it, it just seems like a little bit of a change in approach for a lot of guys. You look at Frankie Montas's ERA and it's not Sterling, but outside of two blow up starts, he's had a three ERA the entire season. So he, I think uh, before his last start, it was like four, four, seven for the entire season but he gave up uh, eight runs and seven runs to uh, the Dodgers and the twins. And those were, you know, early April starts, but every other game combined three ERA. So he's been pretty good overall. And he works off that splitter when that splitter is going, he's dangerous. Uh, Chris Bassett, he's not a known name necessarily, but you've seen it the entire season where he will, if he gets into trouble in the first inning, gives up like two runs and his pitch counts up at like 28 or something like that. 
he'll still give you six or seven innings and he, he can just shut it down. He'll have that one, you know, like four batter stretch where you're like, eh, I don't know. And then he just shuts it down and he can give you, he's basically the A's ace right now. He's a bulldog. I love having him in this rotation. And I was a little bit iffy on last season, like being, you know, the breakout because he had like a two, two, four or something uh, like ERA. He had been really, really good, but short stints and the expected stats didn't necessarily believe in him. He's just missing barrels. He's keeping guys off balance. He's mixing his pitches really well. He's been fantastic. So the A's like top three guys are fantastic. Uh, you're going to see Bassett and Manaya this weekend. James Caprillion seems to have kind of stabilized this rotation a little bit. He's not nearly, he's not quite as good as, you know, the rest of the guys, but he's still a rookie right now. And uh, he's had like six or seven starts. So uh, not a lot to build on there, but he's been really good. Um, I think that he could be a nice addition for the, the rest of the season, just because he feels like a, a big game kind of pitcher. He gets up for those big moments. And sometimes when you're watching the A's on a daily basis, you wonder if they get up for those games. Like uh, the Astros came in to start the season. They, they swept the A's and they beat them down pretty good. Just like in the, you know, the ALDS last season in the playoffs. Um, you wonder if the A's have that other gear and, I think that James Caprillion has that other gear. And that's one of the reasons I'm excited to see him pitch in New York uh, and, you know, in the Bronx at Yankee stadium, because arguably the biggest stage of them all. And uh, he also eats up righties. So I'm intrigued to see if all of those things are small sample size against worse teams, or if that is something more concrete that we can actually build on moving forward. But um, yeah, I'd say that the bullpen, you could use a couple of arms, but they've got some decent guys in there too. Um a lot of people are saying shortstop, but Elvis Andrews has actually been very good. He's not going to hit home runs. He doesn't hit home runs. He's never hit home runs. So everybody's <laughs> like, oh, look, his OPS is only like 550. But he's hitting almost 300 over the last 30 games with like a 347 on base. That's fine. That is absolute And playing good defense. He's he's okay. They don't – could they use Trevor Story? Maybe. Are they going to get him? Do they need to? I don't know. It depends on what the price is. I'd rather see them go after somebody like Joey Gallo and mm. for right field because – uh, right now they're platooning Seth Brown, who's pretty decent, but his his average is low. His on base is okay. He plays good defense, though, so that's good. He's their lefty bat. And then you got Steven Piscotty. He can just eat up righties, but you don't want him playing against right-handed pitchers. So you could have Joey Gallo, uh, you know, play right field, be fantastic. He has a great arm. He can add that power back to the middle of the A's lineup. And then Mitch Moreland, who's been, you know, a little bit better than league average against uh, righty bat or righty pitchers. Uh, you want him in there against righties. He's been okay against lefties. Not great. Not like he's like got an 80 WRC plus somewhere around there. And you just have Joey Gallo be DH right field, keep him healthy, keep him going. I think that he'd be the perfect fit for the A's right now. And that's kind of where I'm hoping they're going right now. Cause I, I believe enough in Elvis Andrews. You know, I was going to ask you about, you know, certain players, um, that the Yankee fans should look out for. And you just answered all those <laughs> questions that I had in my head because we're kind of insular over here on the East coast. And there is that East coast bias thing that happens. You know, we don't pay attention to the West coast a lot. Um, well, mainly because your games are three hours behind ours and we're going to bed when, you know, <laughs> I mean, th that is fair. And that's why I kind of like being on the West coast is because baseball starts at 4 PM for me. It's fantastic. 
And I mean, right. if you want to even go to Hawaii, oh man, baseball at <laughs> one, that's amazing. <laughs> right. Right. That's true. Oh man. I couldn't even imagine that. That would be a lot. It's of wild. I did it for like a, a couple of days. I'm like, this is so weird. Like late night TV, you know, uh, Jimmy Kimmel or whatever show you're watching. It's on like it. Eight o'clock. It is so weird. <laughs> I was thinking about, um, you know, waking up on the West Coast on a weekend and catching a game at ten a.m. because it's one o'clock Eastern, and mm-hmm. that must be so cool. Like watching, waking up, having breakfast in bed, watching the game, and then going out. You know, because the game ends by one, two, whatever, and you have the whole rest of the day ahead of you. Yeah, that must be it, amazing. It's fun. And same thing. Uh, football season. It's ten o'clock. It's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we don't have any of our, all of our pitching matchups are to be determined right now. Oh, really? So we don't uh, know. On, on roster resource, it would, sometimes they're wrong, but uh, over at Fangraphs, the roster resource had uh, Caprillion versus Tyone, Bassett versus Herman, and then Manaya versus Montgomery. Does that that's sound what it right? Should, that's what it should be. Okay. And you would think that they would already have that matchup, but they don't on game day yet. Um, So I don't know if the Yankees are thinking about switching people around because you might see those three, but they may be in a different order in some way. Yeah. Yeah. But it should be those three. Okay. I would think so. That should be interesting. (laughs) Yeah. I'd be very intrigued, especially. Well, I think that Herman is probably the one that I'm scared of this weekend, he seems like the best guy and he does well. And him against Bassett would be, you know, a pretty good matchup. Um, whereas Cap and Tyone, I think that that could be interesting. If, if Cap is locating, that's really the thing that you got to worry about with him. Uh, sometimes he walks guys. And so mm-hmm. if you, you walk a couple of Yankees and then uh, Stanton or Judge goes deep, then all of a sudden it's not looking as good as it could. So if he can control his pitches a little bit better, I think that he's going to, have a pretty good start. Uh, and then Manaya has been really good, but Montgomery is also pretty decent. Um, I think that her mom is the one moments. that scares me the most. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Montgomery has his moments. Um, he's kind of good at, if he has kind of a, an iffy start, he can settle down. Mm-hmm. Cause he did that in his, I think it was his last start. I don't think it was his second to last start. Um, but when things go wrong for him, they don't go as wrong as they go for Tyone. <laughs> um he's a little different that way he is i feel like montgomery has a lot of potential and he hasn't reached it yet i also love the fact that he has a texting relationship with both andy pettit and cc sabathia and i feel as if because of the lefty thing and i feel like i want to send cc messages and be like could you send more texts to monty and kind of help him out a little bit thank you because we need it badly (laughs) uh that's awesome um yeah anything uh anything else you got for me well i wanted to say the last game i went to in person was yankees a's september 1st 2019 mania against j hap your guys you know jumped out to a four nothing lead i think in the seventh inning against the bullpen because what was funny about this was i went to old timers day earlier that season and j hap got knocked around by i think it was the astros and I didn't want to see him start another game. <laughs> I was like, it's Mike Messina day. Mike Messina is going to, his day is going to get ruined by Jay Happ. And then him and Manaya are matching zeros. And then your bullpen came in 
The Yankees scored three runs in the bottom of the eighth. I had left my seat because I went to meet up with Susan Slusser <laughs> behind the press box. And I said, well, I can't go back to my seat because they scored three runs. And then Brett Gardner hit a home run to tie and Mike Ford bringing it back to him, hit the walk-off home run to beat the A's. So that was the last game I went to. I haven't been to Yankee Stadium in nearly two years. Your guys are coming in on reopening day because tomorrow Mm -hmm. is going to be the first day of full capacity. So Cap is going to have a fun game to pitch because he's going to have not a full house, but there are going to be a lot of people there tomorrow night. So it it should be fun. It's going to be so much fun to see just all of that and whatnot. Uh, you know, we're getting close. It's a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, also, just before I let you go, how's David Cohn doing? <laughs> <laughs> I have to ask him to be on the show again. And I don't know why I'm so shy about it because he offered. Yeah, we should make this a regular. We should yeah. make this a regular He wants to segment. be the co-host of Locked on Yankees for those that are not in the know. And she's like, I don't know, maybe. Stacey Gatsouli is big timing David Cone. <laughs> no, it's because uh, I just, I'm so shy when it comes to asking people. I mean, I had a legit panic attack when I sent him the DM and said, you know, do you want to come on my show? He answered within two minutes. It may not have even been two minutes. It may have been 90 seconds. He's like, of course I want to come on. And I was like, okay. So <laughs> he's been waiting with his phone in hand since he offered to be your, the co-host, just waiting for you. And he's like, yeah, I'm ready whenever you need me. You should just send him a Zoom link one day, just out of the bloom. Like, I'm ready to record. Let's go. Like during the game. But I'm serious though. I think every host on Locked On should talk to David Cohn about pitching because it is so much fun. He's so open and honest about everything. And he loves talking about pitching. He could talk about it for six hours straight and he would tell you stuff that you never even knew. You'd be like, oh, wow, this is so awesome. So, I mean, I wish I could have him, you know, talk to everyone on the network because I think it would be pretty awesome. <laughs> I like talking pitching David Cohn, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> Stacy, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, I'm looking forward to this series and seeing all of the fans in the ballpark booing the A's mercilessly for no apparent reason. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, where can the people find you on social media and uh, listen to the podcast? I am at Stace Gotts on Twitter, and you can find me on Locker Room at Stace Gotts. Um, I promise to do a room at some point this week. I need to do it. So we'll see if that happens. <laughs> that sounds good. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll have to do this again when the Yankees come to Oakland. Definitely. A big thank you to Stacy for stopping by and talking. We t- we recorded for, you know, however long you just listened to. And then also we talked after we stopped recording for like another hour just because we were having fun talking about baseball and life and stuff. It was a good time. Um, but yeah, uh, follow her podcast. Do whatever you need to do. Follow her. Stay Scott. She's fantastic. Uh, she is always tweeting. So you will not be down for content on her Twitter feed. Uh, she's a wonderful person. Go follow her. Uh, also, uh, l- listen to the Locked On Today podcast because they are fantastic. She mentioned the host, Peter Bukowski, at some point in this interview, but he's fantastic too. So follow everybody. But that's all that I got for you guys this week. So until next week, go out and celebrate good times, Oakland. Uh, get get cool. Find a pool or something. They're opening up, I think. Uh, find a pool. St- go outside. Celebrate good times, Oakland. And I will talk with you guys on Monday. Monday.